Hey everyone, my name is David Lopez and welcome to the Know-It-Alls podcast. We're kicking off our series titled Heaven and Hell, where we're talking about our cultural perceptions of the afterlife and what the Bible actually has to say. Make sure you send in your questions and comments so you can stay a part of the conversation. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, I'm Ryan Diaz, and you're listening to the Know-It-Alls podcast. David, how are you feeling about this new series we're starting? This one is an interesting one. Uh, it's really different, really ethereal, uh, yeah. really heady, uh, so it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I think our, our, our last series was very like practical and like yeah. grounded in like, re- like reality at, uh, that we can witness right. and see. And, our everyday. Right. Yeah, our yeah, everyday yeah. lives, and, and now we're talking about the afterlife. That's that's fun. Yeah, it is. Um, so let's let's get into this, man. How did you how did you grow up thinking about heaven and hell? Yeah, and so and maybe just to clarify, when we say we're talking about the afterlife, this episode, we're specifically talking about the afterlife presented in the Hebrew and Christian Bible, um, the idea of heaven and the idea of hell. But yeah, so growing up, um, so I thought heaven. No lie, was basically Beverly Hills in the skies. <laughs> Beverly Hills in the skies. Okay. Yeah, because everyone got a mansion. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and and your mansion, if you did more good things mm-hmm. on this earth, you got a bigger mansion. Right. And you could be posted up next to Paul. Right. And you guys could share like interconnected pools. Like it was. Right. It was this very um, prosperity American luxury right. kind of imprinted on the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, and hell was basically eternal torture chamber. Um, right. it was also, and I think, um, kind of in the cultural sense of how I grew up was that hell was also like the devil's domain. Like he ruled, yeah, he rules hell. Hell, hell right. was his kingdom. Right. And, the um, kingdom of hell. Yeah, yeah. The kingdom of hell versus the right. kingdom of heaven. The right. gates of hell should not prevail against us. And that was definitely taken, um, Taken very seriously, I think, in how I'm growing up in the formation of my ideas about heaven and hell. But that was that was kind of how I saw it. What about you? What was growing up those perceptions like for you? Um. So, do you remember that song? I can only imagine. I feel like a movie came out recently <laughs> about it. I can only imagine. Yeah, I know yeah. that song very yeah. well. <laughs> um, so uh, the song is about like a, a guy who can he can only imagine what heaven is going to be like, right? Like. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, but he, he, he goes through all these possibilities, like, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Like, are we going to be walking around? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Right, will I dance, or will we just be still? Like, so what I thought is that heaven was, like, this eternal worship service. Right. So we were Me just... Me too, sitting, yeah. Right, just so standing. Beverly Hills, yeah. but then all we did... Is sing, and, like... Yes, yeah, I was super concerned because an hour and thirty minute service sometimes. Is yeah, I'm good. Me. Like I'm good. And so actually, I remember. I remember being maybe like thirteen years old mm-hmm. and listening to a preacher preach, and the preacher said something along the lines of, "Man, if you have trouble going long in a service, right. you're gonna have an issue, issue with, heaven. with heaven." I'm like, "Man, this is well, we're, I want to like, go to heaven now. I do have an issue. I have an issue. My attention span. You've been man. preaching for two hours. Right. I got an issue. I like, want to do something." Just different. How many times can we say I can only imagine? Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, it was that, or like, I, honestly, I mean, I was, I was pretty confused growing up. Like, I thought maybe we were just like these soul balls 
that weren't embodied at all. Yeah. And that we just, like, I don't know, like, I just knew, oh, that's Ryan's soul. I can, like, just know it. And yeah. it was super... Very disembodied existence. Yeah, super heady. Uh, but, but overall, it was this place in the clouds where um, God was and where I would be somehow, but not, like, in a body, but, like, spiritually be uh, with yeah. all the people who were saved. And hopefully, like, my friends made it. And yeah. They might not, though. And Peter's gonna check your idea. Yeah, P- exactly. Peter is the is the bouncer. Right, right. <laughs> Peter's the bouncer. I mean, he's he's probably do a good job. He's pretty yeah. rough and he's mad rough, and I'm sure he was tall. Um, so like you know, he'll check your ID to see if you can come in. Um, and <laughs> can we say that? I yeah, he's. I guess we did already. This tall, right? Uh, this tall to ride the <laughs> heaven ride, I guess. Yeah, but that was that was my perception, like for real. You know, I was um, God lives in uh, above the clouds, above space, above all of it, um, and it was like this other dimension where I don't know if I would be embodied. I wouldn't eat though. Um, mm-hmm. I, I for some reason knew that, uh, that I wouldn't eat. Ironic that like God would prepare your feast, but you know. Yeah, 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 but like I wouldn't eat it though. Like, yeah, you just I, I didn't need to admire it. Exactly, it was there for the poetry of feasts. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't eat. I would like. I wouldn't get hurt. I wouldn't work because work is horrible. Like I right. Work. Like I. I wouldn't exhaust myself. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Feel... It was basically everything the opposite of what we don't like here on Earth. Yeah. That was heavy. That is heavy. And it was very like escapist. Yes. Like oh, absolutely. This Earth is so bad and so evil and so corrupt. I need to get away. I need to escape. I got to get out of here. Right. And so this call to heaven is also like this call to escape this present life. Yeah. Like I don't have to deal with stress. I don't have to deal with anything. All I'll be is in this worship service and, and that's it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And then, oh, and then on top of that, like, um, that was the end goal. Right. That was right, the like, end all be all. That's the goal of, we go to a funeral. Right. And that's the hope. That's yeah. the that's the goal. When oh, we, it's okay because they're in heaven. It's, it's okay because they're in heaven. I think also when we even go to like I think you go to most churches, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about heaven, about right. getting to heaven. Right. I mean, we have that old song when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Like right. there's this very um, our language in our Christian culture, maybe specifically here in America, is very much about getting to heaven that I live this life I accept Jesus that's my passcode Mm -hmm. and then when I die I get to go to heaven and heaven is where I will be for all eternity enjoying Jesus worshiping forever living in my Beverly Hills mansion streets of gold it was kind of like the feeling of finishing the SAT (laughs) (laughs) for for all of our international listeners it's a three and a half hour test um, that we take uh, in order to get into college, and it is long and horrible, and it's just the worst thing ever. Oh. And I remember leaving the SAT, and I was just like, "Whoo! Thank goodness I'm out of there." Right, and that's basically going to heaven. That's heaven. Getting like, out of Whoo! The I'm out of there. I'm out, All right, I don't have to deal with this life. Don't anymore. have to do that. Thank goodness I finished. I did it well, right? Yeah. Because that. Because well, if you finish the SAT and you like did a horrible job and you know that you're like, oh god, I did it badly. I'm not my the rest of my life is gonna be bad. I'm not gonna get into a good college. Ah, I yeah. did the SAT badly. But mm. if you did well, you know, you're happy. You're like, whew. You get All right, that was hard, but I did, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think what this all speaks to is I think we've 
tamed and oversimplified the biblical understanding of heaven mm-hmm. and hell. I think we do this a lot with the Bible. I think, especially in Western culture, we are so influenced by Western thinking and tradition right. that we've created these whole cosmologies and backstories to these places. I mean, again, you can I, go online and there's literally people who have written books about the the topography and the makeup of hell. Right. Like, and the type of demons that live there yeah. and how Satan rules. And we've created... And none of that's in the Bible. No. And how... Wait, oh, that sounds, that sounds so funny. You kind of touched on it. How, how Satan rules hell. Yeah. And how his job is to torture the souls in hell. Right. Right. And again, we've created these entire narratives for yeah. these places that are so ingrained, I think, in our cultural psyche that they translate into our actual belief as believers. Yeah. But I think we'd be shocked to open the Bible yeah. and realize a lot of what we may believe about heaven and hell is not actually in the Bible. Yeah, and true. it's like a result of our co- our collective imagination. Dante's Inferno had a huge impact yeah. on Western art. Um, in the Middle Ages had a huge impact on how we viewed heaven and hell and these ideas. And I think we don't even realize how impacted we are by non-biblical sources about heaven and hell. Yeah, well, Dante's Inferno, beautiful piece of literature. Yeah, absolutely. My my future, what's what's it called when you, sister-in-law. She's yes. doing her dissertation on it. So that's, that's awesome. Like in Italian. Like the seven layers of hell. Yeah. Like, what's her major? She, Italian. So ancient Italian. So like she's, that's incredible. Yeah, she's incredible. She's but, a nerd like us. No, she's, she's more nerdy than more me. More nerdy. Uh, <laughs> smarter than me in every way. But point is, um, yeah, you're right. It's had a huge impact on, on how we see things. So um, kind of getting more into the, the topic itself. Like what does the Bible actually say? Yeah, I think let's look at what the Bible actually says. Mm-hmm. And then that will help us maybe break some of these cultural narratives. But I think it's, I mean, the best way to look at anything in the Bible is to go back to the beginning. Go back to Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. And that will really help us, um, I think, maybe reshape our understanding of maybe heaven a little bit. So in in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Ooh, let's stop there. Really right, quickly. right there. Let's pause yeah. there. God created the heavens yeah. and the earth. earth. Now, you have a lot of people who think this verse is telling us that in the beginning, God created his special place. Right. The Above the clouds, the, the babies. The city in the sky, Beverly Hills, yeah. mansions. Like, God created that the, space. The little babies. For him and his angels. <laughs> him and his little baby angels. Yeah. And then, he created this dingy kind of earth that we live in and god is is separated Mm -hmm. from from us and that's actually a misreading of that of that verse because the word heavens is just talking about the skies yeah, so I mean, you think of it right. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. It's very like not grandiose. No, no, no. We we overcomplicated a lot. Like in the beginning, God created the sky and the floor. Yeah, basically the ceiling and the floor. Yep. And I think remember you, this is ancient Hebrew authors writing this, so their understanding, their cosmology, was very really mu- quick. What does cosmology mean? Oh, it's 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 basically a it's a idea a working 
Man, this is a hard word to explain. It is, yes. Well, uh, well so what's, 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 what's ology? The study of, right? The study of. The study of the cosmos. Yeah. The study of right. the universe. So and when so, you say cosmology, it's their understanding they, of how the universe works and what right. it's like. And, Man, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I was being complicated for no reason. Yeah. So the, the ancient Hebrews understood that the universe, their understanding of the universe was that there was the earth they lived on mm-hmm. and then this obviously unreachable thing called the skies. Yeah. And, and, and so... The term heaven skies is interchangeable. Mm-hmm. It's and also the reason why it's plural is it's it, it's a literary device just to show the vastness of it. Right. I looked into the skies mm-hmm. and just that 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 pluralization of the word makes it sound so much more vast. Sky's the limit. It doesn't mean that there's multiple layers to heaven. Right. That's a popular belief. Actually. Right. Yeah. Which is yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Not in the Bible, but no. again, extrapolated from this verse yeah. that we have taken to think about God's space in our place. Where it's actually God just creating this world we inhabit currently. Yeah. The, yeah. the sky above and the earth on and below our feet. So okay, we, we continue we continue throughout throughout this Genesis one and two, and we actually come to realize that God does not create a separate place for himself, no. but that the earth is God's space. Yes. He dwells here. Right. His presence is here. Matter of fact, even in Genesis one, his spirit's hovering over the face of the earth, that right. his presence is here. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the garden, right. which is like a really image of like a temple and God invites humanity to live with him. Right. He, he invites the humans that he makes, right, who are the, his, his image, his representatives. Humanity on the and planet. life are right. their real names. They're right, Adam and Eve. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get it. Anyway. You got Adam, right? Adam, right? That's a good one. Adam, right? Adam and Eve. Uh, he makes humanity um, to dwell or to be in God's space. And that's what we know as heaven. Garden, yeah, the Garden of yeah, Eden, heaven on earth, yeah, God's exactly. presence. So in other words, this experience of this amazing, abundant life is directly connected to proximity to God's presence. Right. So Adam and Eve get to experience this abundant, good life where they do work. Mm-hmm. So work isn't a bad thing in the Bible. No, 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 no. Unfortunately, they have a vocation. <laughs> yes. Um, they have they have a job yeah. to help bring out the good in God's creation. Right. To garden, to steward, to 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 they're take partners care of with God. Exactly. It's yeah. not a term you hear a lot, but we're they're meant humanity meant to be God's partners. Yeah. His co-laborers. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. That's another episode. That's a whole other thing. Cause I, man, that's a whole thing about just like understanding what you do for a living, like yeah. vocation. Oof. Anyways, other podcast. Um, so humanity partners with God, and then God gives them one instruction: don't eat from the specific tree. If not, you will surely die. Mm. And then humanity. Well, um, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> we decide to eat from the tree, and it's yeah. just it's again. This, this representation of this choice, humanity decides to go their own way, their own plan, choose good and evil, define good and evil for themselves, and this consequence to that choice is what? Hell Separ- is released on earth, and separation from God. So we get, we get <laughs> humanity, we get exiled, uh, or, or, or pushed out, exactly, from the garden, from that place where uh, God was, and where his good life was. We get, we get. Yeah, so I think if we look at it that way, heaven and earth are one. God's presence and our place are one. Right. Sin separates us. 
Mm-hmm. And now you have heaven and earth separated, yeah. God's presence separated. And because that sin and death entered the world, and sin and death, it's like hell on earth. Right. You know, actually, let me let me kind of go back a little bit in the story. Because now that I'm thinking, hell or, or sin or, or missing, error, wrong, issues, right? All that actually enters even before they were exiled. Right. Right, so... Uh, Bible talks about how Adam and Eve were uh, were naked, right? At right. first, right. Once they eat from the fruit, what happens? They realize that they're naked. And they're ashamed. Right. They're ashamed. They feel they feel shame. They feel almost guilt. I'd even argue for being naked or for being vulnerable, and yeah. they can't do that, right? So we see mm-hmm. this like relational breakdown. breakdown and issue and trauma, right? Because of their decision, because they know. And then the second thing uh, is when God comes walking. Uh, yeah, in the garden. In the garden, right? He's like, "Hey, Adam, where you at? Uh, Eve, where you at?" Um, they they hide, and then he gives the famous line, "Who told you? Right, you were naked. naked." Right, and then they're exiled. Exactly from the garden. So, so the death and the the issue, the sin, is its own inherent separation. Yeah. Right. It's not like because I, I don't want it to seem as though God just threw them out, right? And because ah, you're just well, it's a right. choice. Exactly. We chose, and there's something inherent about going our own way that separates us from God and His goodness. Yeah, because I think in Genesis one, what we're realizing is God gets to define what's good, right? And He gets to define what's evil, right? The choice in the garden is us saying, "Hey, God." We don't like your definition of good and evil. Right. We're going to choose that for ourselves. Right. And because of that, I mean, the cycle of history goes on. You see it even in the rest of Genesis. You see Cain and Abel, right. the first murder we see hmm. happening in the Bible. We see Lamech and his his just destruction and murder. and Many wives. Many wives. And yeah. then we see the building of the Tower of Babylon sure. trying to be like God. So it's this downward spiral for humanity. Hmm. That leads further and further away from God. That introduces sin and injustice and suffering into the world. Right. Hell on earth. Right. Hell on earth. And I think what's an important thing. Let's so let's let's maybe make a point number one. Right. Because <laughs> this is what we're talking about a lot. Right. Is that the Bible doesn't just see heaven as heaven and hell as future, um, future destinations, but also as present realities. Hmm. Say that again for the people in the back. For the people in the back, no, <laughs> no, no, yeah, that the Bible has this clear understanding that heaven and hell aren't these, just these future destinations, yeah. but also our present realities. Sure. That because of our humanity's sin, and because of humanity's poor choices, we create hell on earth, separation from God. Right, so we have to experience that all the time, and I feel like even from personal experience, like, when I do something wrong or when I harm someone else or harm myself even um, I feel that yeah right you give I feel, I feel that shame and guilt and right. pain and suffering and separate from God and from other and people. God feels distant and yeah. I'm separated from other people yeah, yeah. I, hell is very much a part of our daily mm-hmm. realities and I think that's why the gospel message the good news of Jesus was so powerful right to his audience of the Jewish people because they had this innate understanding of the story that humanity is separated from God. We've been separated from quote unquote heaven, God's presence, his, 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 his his life giving energy, his, 
his complete, the, the totality of his goodness. We've been separated from that. And Jesus comes and says, hey, actually, I'm coming to bring heaven to you. To you. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's yeah. present in me. And if you find relationship in me, you can experience heaven on earth. Right. So where do we get those ideas of like heaven being that distant, far off place we go when we die? Yeah, so I think it's, um, I think number one, it's a misreading of Genesis chapter one, verse one. Yeah. But I think it's also because the Bible also, so um, famous passage of scripture, Jesus is on the cross, mm-hmm. thief, one of the thieves talks to him and says, hey, listen, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus says, today you will be with me in okay. paradise. So obviously Jesus had this understanding that those who profess belief in him, Mm-hmm. When they died, Paul talks about this to to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right. That there is this un- underlying belief in Christianity that if I'm a believer in Jesus, when I die, I am present with Jesus. Right. I think the issue is we've taken that idea and we've built so much around it that's not the Bible doesn't actually care to explain to us. Right. Romans 6, 8. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. So, if we die physically... We live with him. Yeah, we live with... We're with him. Or other parts of the Bible where I'd say that we... When we die, we we are immediately with, with Christ. And you're right, I think that... There are, what, maybe three verses that talk about what happens after we die in the Bible? and yeah. We've used that, I think, to build this. You're right. This because I think it's for us. View. We build a whole worldview around again because the goal of the Bible is not heaven. No, and we'll, well get to that. It's, it's not that disembodied life. Hev- after yeah, we when we say that, when we say we'll say it in quotations. Right. It's not the heaven we've created in our cultural imaginations. The goal of the Bible is actually new creation, which we could talk about in a little bit. Right. But I think be- again, three verses. Right. That kind of talk about what happens when a believer dies. We've built this entire belief system around it because I think we're scared of the unknown. Yeah. And we want the Bible to give me all the details rather than humbling ourselves and saying the Bible's not trying to tell us that. Right. But the Bible is leaving me with a promise that you will be with Jesus. Right. So on the flip side, what does the Bible say about those who don't believe in Jesus when they die? Even less. It doesn't say anything. The grave? Yeah. Going to the grave. Like, it doesn't say, like, and you're immediately in hell. I mean, there's that parable that Jesus tells um, where, and I don't remember his name, uh, one man goes uh, to heaven. Oh, to hell um, isn't arms. his, so the poor man's name, um, what's his name? Uh, it is a very common name. In fact, it's the name of his best friend. Lazarus. Lazarus. Yes, it yeah. is. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, I forgot what the, what the rich guy's name is. I don't remember. We'll call name. him Richie. We'll call him Richie. Yeah, that's a good name. <laughs> Richie. Um, he goes to hell and he like tries to tell his, uh, next of kin of the dangers of yeah. not believing, but he, um, can't. Yeah. And that's kind of all we really get. Right. And again, I think because, again, we're so concerned with not knowing. Yeah. Again, let's be very clear. The Bible is very clear that there is 
after there is an afterlife. Right. There is. Right. There and is. There, yeah. And there is a when you die, there is something after, mm-hmm. either to be present with the Lord right. or not. Or not. So yeah. And I think we've created a lot around it. I think also we've taken a lot of like imagery from Revelation right. and a lot of other imagery of hell. Um, but we're projecting in the wrong spot because specifically in Revelation, yeah. hell is referred to the the second death. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. thanks for throwing me for the loop, by the way. Right. Like, yeah. Jeez. A second death? A second. There are two deaths. Um, so, yeah. So, I think that's a great segue. Yeah. Did we? Do we feel we were clear on, on that or... I think so. I mean, if you if we're not clear, the Bible does not talk about after we die um, that non-believers go directly to hell. It just talks about the grave. And then second of all, heaven and hell are present realities that we can experience now in our every uh, in our everyday. Not only hell, but also heaven, right? And that's what Jesus comes uh, with with the message. Of, uh, right. His good news is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. It's right. Yes. It's coming soon, or it's right here. Uh, and that this eternal life is something you can experience now. So, with that said, I think some of our listeners probably got a little antsy and a little nervous right. because we said we basically kind of dismantled maybe some beliefs about yeah. as soon as I die, I go to this disembodied heavenly state, right. or I go directly to this lake of fire. Also disembodied. Also unheavenly, unheavenly, eternity, very smoking. Yeah, a lot of smoke and brimstone. Right. Um, and again, I'm, we're, the Bible, we're not saying the Bible doesn't say that. What we're saying is that the Bible says more. Yes. Um. So let's or, talk and less. More right. and less. Yes. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. So it says less about what happens after we die. Right. But it actually says a lot more about after we live again. Yeah. So I, it says a lot about how we're living now. Yeah. Then after we're raised up again. So new creation, break it down. What's what does it mean when the Bible talks sure. about new creation? So Paul especially, um, in in all of his letters, uh, is lingering on this one hope. Yeah. Uh, through all of all of Scripture, and he uses it to tell Christians who are being persecuted. He says, "This is your hope." Uh, also, Christians who are uh, struggling, this is your hope. And then your regular, everyday, regular, regular Christian, hey, yeah. this is your hope yeah, for the yeah. rest of the world. Uh, and what that is, is new creation. Uh, it's also spoken about in Revelation. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but it's simply, uh, after we all die, uh, or after many of us die, uh, Christ uh, will come as he left, right? So he'll come back. Uh, not uh, as the normal human, but he'll come back as God and he will bring judgment onto the world. With that, he will raise up the dead. Uh, and that means all, all of the dead. dead. Er- everybody. Everybody. Everybody love me. Er- everybody. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great uh, reference. I don't, right, why did I even do that? Uh, so all of the dead will be raised. Uh, and the uh, those who are believers, followers of Jesus... Uh, will be given a new body um, uh, made to rule and to live like we did in Genesis chapter 1 as Christ is bringing his new judgment, uh, which simply means making everything right. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think, again, so the, the kind of the textual evidence for this is Revelation chapter 21 starts in verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea 
no longer existed. I also saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Mm -hmm. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will no longer exist because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. Right. And so I think what we're getting here is we're getting the conclusion of the story. Right. We're getting... Remember, if the, if the first chapter of the Bible, first two, first chapters one to three, tell us that the story of the story begins with God Making. being united with humanity, right. His space and our space, one space, right. heaven on earth, right. the beauty of the garden. Then the story tells us that because of our choices, we separated ourselves from God's presence because of our sin right. and choices. But God in his desperate love for humanity, his love more powerful than the grave, right. will resurrect right. all those who died and create a new creation. Right. Um, and re again, those who believe in him, he will dwell amongst them right. once again. Which is beautiful, uh, first of all. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's even more amazing because my conception of that growing up was... Uh, this new heaven and new earth would be God is physically making a new earth for us. Right. So he's going to pick us up from this earth and put us on that earth. Drop us off on a new one. Exactly. And Uber. It's gonna, exactly. He's going to Uber us to the new earth. It's going to be a pool, though, because he has to pick up a lot of people. <laughs> Bible jokes. Um, so uh, um, uh, that's how that's going to happen, and then we'll live there. Uh, but what's interesting, even at the end of the passage, is he says he will make this earth new yeah right the same way he raises our bodies up and makes them new not a new he doesn't make a new david right right uses what he's had and makes right. it new not makes a new right right like he yeah so he makes you new right he makes me and new. that's also the promise of what jesus does for us now he, exactly we are a new creation, creation. it's this continuing of this theme that god is in the business of making things new. He's not abandoning this creation. Right. And I think that's the issue of seeing new heaven and new earth as like, oh, that's it. We're tossing this all out. Right. I'm starting again. No. Because that would be, that would be a, God would be going back on his covenant, his, yeah. his, his promise, his promise to humanity that he right. would, that he won't give up. He won't leave us. He won't right. stop in his pursuit. mission and his pursuit exactly of us. Uh, he's so committed to what he made. And that's what John 3.16 is actually yeah. talking about. He's so committed uh, to that which he's loved. To this world. Exactly. That he's going to give up everything in order to save it. And that's what he does. And the ending is God has given everything up and he is now claiming his victory, claiming his prize. So in claiming his victory, claiming his prize, God still has to deal with evil. Yes. And again, this is the part, um, as 21st century modern <laughs> Westerners, we have an issue, surprisingly have an issue with God being just in the age of like social justice activism. Like we have an yeah. issue with a just God yeah. because eventually evil has to answer. Right. 
Well, I mean, I think the the, the question there is, it usually becomes along uh, along the lines of us trying to define what is evil. Like, I don't think many people have a problem with the murderer getting like. But not justice. me. Yeah, not like, me. Oh, well, I think uh, definitely we have no we we don't have any issues with anyone else getting justice. We have issue with we with us getting justice. Exactly. So yeah, God send all of them to hell. Yeah. But like me, you know, I'm a little. Or good. the people I like, I want to keep, right? And like, it's not—they're not that bad, right? Like, all they do is lie. And that's assuming that anyone's that good. Sure, exactly. Exactly. I mean, so right. So we have, we have a new creation, and that's the promise. Again, explicitly, this is a promise for people who believe in Jesus as the resurrected King, Messiah, right. Lord of the universe, um, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. For people who believe and profess that belief. Yeah. What happens to everybody else? That is a good question, Ryan. <laughs> that is a very good question. So I think to sum, maybe summarize a very... And we'll talk about it more next episode, I think. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about divine judgment. But I think that's precisely what it's, it's judgment. Mm-hmm. The rest of humanity who's not, who's not present, professed Jesus as Lord, okay. in life, professed, hey, I don't want relationship with God. Right. May not, may not have it said it that way, but their whatever their lives, actions, I don't want. Re- I, I, I still want to choose to live my own way. Right. And God honoring the dignity of their choice says, "Okay, cool. Eternity is now separated from me and my goodness." So what it seems like in 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 both ends is that those who choose Jesus to choose God, like the tree, right, and choose His way. He honors the dignity of that choice, and he brings them to their salvation, or to their saving, to their eternity, right? right? Of a new creation, where he takes all of our mess and makes it into this beautiful tapestry, leading up to his victory and his choice, and awesome, fantastic, Right. we're now risen again. He does the same thing with those who choose not to go his way. He honors their choice. And brings it to its final conclusion. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the part we're uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, it's why. Um, so I think recently a movie came out on Netflix. Um, what's his name? He got famous for saying hell isn't real. How could a loving God let hell? I mean, I know Rob Bell said stuff similar. Sure. But um, they just, like the movie just came out on Netflix. It kind of honestly it's inspired us to do this episode, mm-hmm. this series really. Um, what's his name? Um, I'll be honest. I'm googling this. No, it's cool. Right we're honest. We're, we're we're live. Pastor Carlton Pearson. Yeah, Carlton Pearson. So it's a movie about this pastor who comes to the conclusion that hell isn't real. Um. And I think. We're, we were inspired to do this episode because that line of thinking is very popular. Yeah, I mean, it feels great. It feels great to have just a loving God. But God can't be a loving God if he's not also a just God. No, he doesn't. You don't, you don't love someone that you allow to be abused or hurt or just manipulated and destroyed. Yeah. Like, I don't love you, Ryan, if I just let someone beat you up. Right. Eventually yeah. that person should have to answer. Yeah. Now, if that person says, you know what, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, right. then they too get honored 
with the dignity of their choice and get yeah. ushered into the presence of God. Right, which is a beautiful thing that that person can find their forgiveness. And I think the reason why that thinking is so popular because it feels like if God is a God of love, hell can't exist. I think maybe in our next episode we're arguing because God is a God of love, yeah. final judgment needs to exist. And I think I even like using the word final judgment because yeah. it takes away all like the cultural buildup we have around the word hell. Yeah, I agree. Um, but maybe let's let's recap for some people. So what are what what is not heaven and hell? Heaven is not um, this place in the clouds where God is, where we get our own mansion and where things are disembodied and things are weird. Heaven is not the final destination, uh, as the film puts it. <laughs> um, and heaven is not an eternal worship service. Great. What's not hell? Hell is not described much in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just a few fiery images. Yes, exactly. All we got. Yeah, exactly. Um, hell is not um, owned by the devil. It's not the devil's uh, place. Um, hmm. Yeah. What, what else is in hell? Help me out here. Um, hell is not Satan's domain. Yep. His ruling place. Yeah. Um, he doesn't own hell. He doesn't own hell. Nope. Um... And I think heaven and hell is not what popular culture or Western art mm-hmm. and literature have to say about it. It's what the Bible has to say about it. Mm-hmm. And if we humble ourselves and say, hey, I'm going to just accept that the Bible doesn't say everything. Right. Accept that the Bible does say something. Right. And humble myself and accept that and stop trying to project onto the Bible. Mm-hmm. I think we come out with a, more, a fuller picture, more yeah. accurate picture what exactly the Bible is saying about heaven and hell. Ooh. Also, go for heaven it. and hell are not final destinations. They are present realities. And you know what? I feel like, honestly, we should do an episode on those. How mm. they are present realities. Hmm. What do you mean? So, how is it that heaven is present? How is that a thing? How is it that hell Ooh, is present? Ooh, want to talk about next episode? Yeah, let's do that next episode. I like that. Or should, should we do just like a four-part series? I like it. Four-part series. So I think next episode we'll talk about divine judgment. Yep. He- next episode three we'll do heaven and hell, present realities, realities. and then Q&R. Oh, Q&R. I like Sounds it. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. All right, guys. So make sure you stay tuned in again. Um, this is a topic that brings up a lot of questions. And listen, if you follow us on Instagram or just um, you love you love the show... Um, and you tune in, submit your questions um, because we want to we wanna answer those questions. Again, it's a lot of theology and ideas we're talking in a 38-minute episode, yeah. but we hope it helps um, kind of reshape and reframe our understanding of what the Bible's talking about it when we talk about heaven and hell. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. The Nodals are a community for the curious that we want you to be involved in. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Know-It-Alls. That's T-H-3-K-N-O-W-I-T-A-L-L-S. Where you can learn about the topics we're covering and where you can join in on the conversation. You can also become a part of the Know-It-Alls by becoming a supporter by supporting us on patreon.com backslash the Know-It-Alls. We're looking forward to continuing the conversation. Stay curious.